As a medical professional, you're probably consumed by your work. Because of that, you likely miss out on big opportunities to protect and grow the wealth you work so hard for. Luckily, through passive real estate investing, you can place your capital in the hands of trusted syndicators who do all the legwork while you sit back and let your money work for you. Syndicators like Ascent Equity Group. Ascent Equity Group is led by three medical professionals turned full-time real estate investors who have secured a quarter of a billion dollars in assets in just three years. And their latest opportunity, Sunrise and Chandler, is open now. Sunrise and Chandler is an exciting 177-unit value-add multifamily opportunity in the affluent city of Chandler, Arizona. This Class B asset in a Class A location was secured at a significant discount and is already cash flowing out of the gate, with 89% of the units still in need of renovation. Sunrise and Chandler is close to meeting its capital raising goal and will be closing soon. So if you'd like to learn more, visit ascentequitygroup.com forward slash best deal to schedule a call. That's A-S-C-E-N-T equitygroup.com slash best deal. This opportunity is open to accredited investors only. Partner with someone who really knows about how to assess the value of properties. Before we get into today's episode, are you a fix and flipper who needs some money? Do you need to maybe do more deals and you're limited by the funds you have available? Well then, Fund That Flip, today's best ever sponsor, has a solution for you. And you know Fund That Flip, right? You're a loyal best ever listener. The founder, Matt Rodak, he's been on the show multiple times. And they have been a previous sponsor. And they love working with the best ever listeners. And they provide short-term fix and flip loans to experienced investors. They've got an online platform, makes the entire process super easy, and you can get funded in as few as seven days. So if you're looking for a reliable funding partner, go to fundthatflip.com and mention that, well, you heard about it on the Best Ever Show. Best ever listeners, welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast. We only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any fluff We've spoken to Barbara Corcoran from Shark Tank, Robert Kiyosaki, author Rich Dad, Poor Dad, a whole bunch of others with us today, Julia Hoagland. How are you doing, Julia? I'm doing fantastic. How are you, Joe? I am doing fantastic as well, and nice to have you on the show. A little bit about Julia. She is a licensed associate real estate broker at Compass. She's ranked number 21 of New York City agents by Wall Street Journal Real Trends 2016, formerly the VP and director of marketing at two leading Wall Street firms. And she's an active member of the Who's Who in Luxury Real Estate. And well, she's based in New York City, New York. So she is performing at a high level in a very competitive market. With that being said, Julia, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and your current focus? I am happy to. My background is very analytically focused. I'm an engineer by training and did that for three years before going to business school for finance. And after eight years of that, I gave it all up for a career in real estate and started this business about 12 years ago. Okay. So why? (laughs) Great question. (laughs) Yeah, because, because with your background in engineering and then you went into finance, you're working at Wall Street firms. You have to be making more money than what you made your first year as a real estate agent, or at least thought you would make in your first year. So why leave that? I really always felt slightly like a fish out of water in the corporate American structure is the best encapsulated version. 
I was never fully passionate about what I was doing and I got laid off, if truth be told, and took a year to travel for our honeymoon with my husband. And when I came back, I just thought, you know what, I can always go back to Wall Street. Let me see what I can do on my own. And at the end of the day, I just switched assets and added emotion because I'm still marketing, underwriting and selling financial assets that just happen to be in the form of real estate. So mm -hmm. it's not really that different, but I, now I work for myself and in theory, my time is my own, but in reality, my time is not my own at all, mm -hmm. <laughs> but I love it. A year to travel for your honeymoon certainly is the longest honeymoon trip I've ever heard of. I'm about to go on a 10-day honeymoon, and I thought that was kind of long to leave, but holy cow, now I'm really jealous. So your engineering background, how has applying that led you to rise to the top as an agent or broker? Engineers are all about problem solving. That's what the core of engineering is. And there are a lot of problems to solve in real estate deals. And what we do here in New York is never done what I do outside of New York, but we have a very liquid and very geographically condensed market. It's not that big of an area. It is tall. There's a lot of vertical, but not a lot of horizontal. So you can assess valuation pretty accurately by doing statistical analysis on the multitude of statistics that we have here. So it's really a perfect marriage of the science that I was trained on and the art, which makes it much more interesting than what I was doing in the past to me. So can you give a specific example? Okay, so I'm your client. What about you with your approach? Do I recognize, ah, she might have an engineering background? So what is important to clients is always maximizing value. And so to a buyer, that means getting a property for the lowest price. And to a seller, it means getting the highest price from a qualified buyer. So what we are able to do by the analysis that I just described is assess using real data. I mean, the true value of something is what someone else is willing to pay for it. So it's important to know what's the true value of assets that are like the asset that you're considering have been in order to assess today's true value. But data is by its nature historical and you are trying to predict the present by using the past. So the art of the science, if you will, comes into play when you adjust that statistical analysis on that historical data by current market trends, seasonality, interest rates, consumer sentiment, and all kinds of qualitative factors. Mm -hmm. With the different qualitative factors that you just mentioned, and then I'm sure you've got some quantitative go-to points that you always look at, how do you determine what's most important and how to prioritize? It really depends on the asset. So if you have, I'll call it a cookie-cutter, two-bedroom apartment in a building with 500 units in it, and there have been 10 other two-bedroom sales in the last three months, several of them in the same line, then it's pretty clear that the most important comps you want to look at are those in-building comparables. Because when you're in the same building, you neutralize for location and amenities and monthly charge levels, services, etc. If you have a very unique asset, for instance, a penthouse, one-bedroom apartment that's 2,000 square feet and has a terrace, you may not be able to find any comps in the building that are like that, and there may not be even any in the immediate area. So I've actually searched for an apartment exactly like the one I just described all over Manhattan, 
for the most expensive one-bedroom apartments to sell in the last six months to one year and analyzed all of the data that is similar about those apartments while trying to adjust for what's different in terms of neighborhood and type of building, monthlies, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And with your clients, what type of presentation or how do you communicate this information to them? I prepare a spreadsheet with my team. We pull data off of our listing system, which is basic data, the address, the unit number, the costs, monthlies, square footage, et cetera. And we then augment that with condition and a lot of factors. Like if we're analyzing townhouses, do the townhouses have stoops and how wide are they? And are their gardens south-facing or north-facing? And are they deep? And do they have high ceilings? And are there interior structural members? That kind of thing. And I put it all in a spreadsheet and calculate averages based on the entire data set and then similar condition data points and then maybe side street data points and put together about six or seven paragraphs of analysis, including on the actual data and put it into an email and send it to my clients with the attachment along with the statement of account from the New York City taxing authorities and also the property shark information. Mm -hmm. So that gives them something to chew on, and then we get on the phone and discuss the findings and decide on negotiation strategy. As far as your clients go, what would you say is the typical profile demographically of a client of yours? I speak finance, and so I tend to connect. It's all about connection in our world, in any world of sales, I think. And we all tend to connect with people whose language we speak most. And since I have an analytical background and I approach the business that way, I tend to connect with people who also are in some sort of an analytical field or have analytical training, which includes finance, consulting, accounting. So I would say a large majority of my client base is from or connected to those worlds, but we have very good business referral partners in California, as an example, that are entertainment industry advisors. And we're also extremely discreet. I'm discreet by nature and by practice. And I do think they go hand in hand. It's hard to be one without the other. Mm -hmm. So I connect on that level with them. We're able to work with very high profile names that you've heard of without letting anyone know. And they appreciate that. How do you get introduced to the high profile names? It's all about networking. I'm a big networker. I am a member of several organizations. I ascribe to the abundance mentality, so really try and figure out how I can help people. And I learned that when people help me, I'm very focused on helping them and what goes around comes around. And it all kind of made sense to me. So the networking organizations that I'm in, I tend to connect with people who ultimately introduce me to these clients and or their business advisors. And what organizations are you involved in? I'm in the Women's President's Organization. I'm in 100 Women in Finance. I was a member of BNI for 12 years. I just resigned this year. I'm a member of the Cultivist, which is a really interesting organization focused on the arts. It's not really a networking organization per se, but there's always networking to be done when you're at events with people who are interested in the same things you're interested in. I think there are a few others. I don't have them at the tip of my tongue. Yeah, but those are the ones at the top of mind. The NI, what does that acronym stand for? 
BNI is Business Networking International. It's quite popular in New York, and there are, I think, 70,000 chapters around the world. <laughs> it's all about networking. The sole purpose of the organization is to help business owners build business. And I helped form a group when I started in the business, and it was, I could say, one of the big contributors to my growth mm-hmm. in the beginning. And just a really good way to not only build business, but you stand up every week and you talk about what you do. And so it makes you really good at marketing and trying to figure out a million different ways to talk about things that you do in ways that will sell them. And you also develop this really strong network. I have very good friends. Some of my best New York friends are in the chapter and a strong network of wealth advisors and trust and estates and attorneys, employment attorneys, mortgage brokers, graphic artists, all kinds of people who are in these chapters that you get to know really well because you meet every week. So it sounds like a great organization. Why did you resign this year? I wanted to make room for the next guard. And I also felt like I was at a position and a place in my career and development that I wanted to focus on other things like the Cultivist and the Women's President's Organization. My team, which is comprised of six salespeople and myself and two admins, they are now, some of them are in BNI already, but it's really about what they're doing now. So it was just time to kind of make room. (laughs) Got it. Based on your experience, what is your best advice ever for anyone who wants to invest in New York City? Partner with someone who really knows about how to assess the value of properties. I'm talking about brokerage, which is what I do, but there are a lot of different ways to approach what I do. And so it's not only important to partner with someone who's confident, that's kind of the baseline to me, but also someone who you can really relate to because then they get to know what it is that you're looking for from a deeper level and they can better advise you. You told me before we started recording about 10% of your clients are investors, right? Yeah, about 10%. Okay, so what are they looking for? Interestingly enough, when I first start working with investors, they're often looking for highest yield, which makes perfect sense. (laughs) But in New York City and other cities like it, people trade yield for upside appreciation, potential, and liquidity. So that's one of the first questions I always ask investors is, if yield is your number one goal, then I might suggest introducing to them to a broker in a area like Kansas or somewhere in middle America where prices are much lower. Rents are also lower, but the yield on those properties is higher. The thing that you're trading is upside appreciation potential. There is a good likelihood that New York City, this is me as someone who's selling property in New York City stocking, so take it with a grain of salt that you need to, but I'm very bullish on the long-term valuation potential of the city just because of a lot of reasons that potential doesn't exist in somewhere that's more rural and less internationally known and the liquidity in New York City is pretty amazing with the exception of the six months after the financial crisis you can sell just about anything at any time if you get the pricing marketing and exposure right here if you're in a place like I'm picking on Kansas and I don't mean to, but somewhere that's just not a major metropolitan city, you're likely not going to face equal liquidity situations. So you might have to drop your price pretty dramatically if you have to sell at any specific point in time. You ready for the best ever lightning round? Yes. All right. Well, then let's do it. First, a quick word from our best ever partners. You want to get better at negotiating real estate? 
Well, how about, do you want to get better at negotiating real estate for free? Even better, right? Well, go to fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever. Fund That Flip, today's sponsor, has partnered with best-selling author Jay Scott to provide you with a free chapter from Jay's new book on negotiating real estate. I've read the book. Lots of good real-world case studies sprinkled in there, too. I love it when they do that. Go to fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever to download your free copy of the chapter today. The Corporate Investor Podcast is geared towards successful corporate employees with high-income jobs looking to create a second stream of income. You'll hear from successful real estate investors on the show as they describe how they got started investing while working their full-time corporate job. Listen and subscribe at thecorporateinvestor.com. That's thecorporateinvestor.com. All right, Julia, best ever book you've read? Recently, Traction by Gina Wickman. Best ever transaction you've done, either business-wise or real estate? My own home, purchasing our apartment that I live in now and I absolutely adore, that I found and wanted to buy on the day that I found it. And my husband, being the shopper that he is, needed to spend another few weeks looking around at properties. So I sent him on his way. (laughs) And then he came back. (laughs) 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 Thank goodness. What's a mistake you've made on a transaction? Not listening and not giving the other side a chance to give me information by picking up the phone and calling them. Best ever way you like to give back? I love talking with people and finding out what it is their interests are and picking something that I'm really familiar with or can easily get familiar with and either contributing to the cause or introducing them to someone I know who's affiliated with the cause, basically making connections. And how can the best ever listeners either get in touch with you or learn more about your company? You can email me. You can call me on my cell phone or you can go to my website. I am very happy to connect with everyone at any time. And what's the best email? jhoagland at compass.com. Easy enough. Well, Julia, thank you for being on the show. Thank you for talking about the analytical approach that you take based on your engineering background and the data points you look at, as well as how you get clients through the networking approach that you take and abundance mentality and those specific organizations that you're in and the benefits that you're getting from a couple of them. So thanks for being on the show. Hope you have a best ever day and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. The Corporate Investor Podcast is geared towards successful corporate employees with high income jobs looking to create a second stream of income. You'll hear from successful real estate investors on the show as they describe how they got started investing while working their full-time corporate job. Listen and subscribe at thecorporateinvestor.com. That's thecorporateinvestor.com.